look, any experience that we're having, any experience at all that we are having, the moment we say this is good, this is bad, you are no longer dealing with reality. Welcome to the Have It All podcast. I'm Elon Ferdman, and along with my brother Guy, we're Satori Prime. We've spent the last 16 years on a quest of mastery, and not just in business, all areas. Mastery of our finances, our bodies, our relationships, and most importantly, our minds. You see, while most people fantasize about their dream life, we went out and created it. And you bet we learned a few things along the way. So if you want to gain new skills and tools that will help you achieve the life of your dreams, well, you've come to the right place. So get ready to have your mind expanded. Implement what you learn here today, and you'll start living the life of your dreams instead of just, well, dreaming about it. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. Well, my fellow Satorians, it has come to our attention that many of you are not yet aware of some massive news in the Satori Prime world. So let me let you in on a not so little secret right now. So Guy and I have recently created an app that you can now download on your iPhone or your Android device just by searching for Satori Prime in either iTunes or the Google Play Store. Or if you want, you can even download it directly to your desktop by going to app dot satoriprime.com and the reviews are in and they are lively things like life-changing i love the gamification i share this with everyone in my life and my favorite how is this free so if you want to join your fellow satorians in our very own exclusive community then like i said head either to your itunes or google play store and search for satori prime or simply go to app.satoriprime.com and install it on your desktop. So as soon as you join, what we're going to do is we're going to give you access not only to our amazing community, we're also going to give you access to a completely free 10-part transformational mini-series that we've never released anywhere else. And this is where you can begin to uncover all of these limiting beliefs and start upgrading them. Things like money, overwhelm, procrastination, You'll get to see how you can create accountability in your life like never before, and you'll get to experience life in a whole new way. So if you haven't done so already, come join our Satorian family today. Make sure to go download that app. And now it's time for the episode. All right. So I want to chat with you guys about how do we start leveraging experiences that we're having with other people that we might deem as like negative experiences and how do we leverage uh we call it judgments or being critical of others uh as opportunities for our own growth uh there's a really really fantastic book by debbie ford uh out there that's called dark side of the light chasers i highly recommend that book although my understanding i'm not saying that book is no longer relevant because it's very relevant uh, more than my my understanding around it, there's been a lot of uh, expansion around that idea. So I want to kind of throw this out there uh, before I go deep down this rabbit hole of what I mean by all this is something I've kind of noticed for myself is that the personal development industry or architecture, call it whatever you want to call it, has put this um, extreme focus on changing state. That's fine because a lot of work isn't a change state type of thing. I think, however, it's put this uh, emphasis on work in a type of way that ultimately leads to actually quite a bit of upset. Because what I see 
for a lot of people, me included, is that it's trained me to be a, a really good, um, like spiritual bypasser, right? Where like something is going on in my life and I, and I will leverage state change in order to bypass actually dealing with what's going on. And for me, dealing with what's going on is actually fully um, emotionally uh, experiencing everything that's happening in that moment. Okay. So if I'm like dealing with something, I have some kind of upset, something that's going on in my life that I would deem as negative, you know, I'm going to start doing this work. Well, you know, how do I get to state changes? And in that process, I'm actually kind of like vilifying a part of myself. I'm saying that this part is not supposed to be here. Let me change it to why I deem is supposed to be happening, which also, by the way, kind of disconnects you from, from your relationship to source, one could say. I've kind of been in this inquiry of, you know, what does developmental, developmental work look like when we're not so concerned with changing our state, especially as, like a, as a positive connotation? Like, I don't want to demonize changing state. I just don't want to say, like, staying the way you are bad, changing state good. Okay, because then in either case, what I find is that as people change their state, what they start doing is that they start using the new state as a as a form of righteousness, and they become righteous about what they discovered, and then everything that they were before, everything that they knew before, becomes like that was worse than the way that I am now. And, and even think- further, everyone that still believes those things that they believed for decades now are not associate associable with like. You need them out of their lives. Totally. And you, and you took the, kind of the words out of my mouth. What you also end up doing is not just vilifying yourself and how you were. You start shaming everybody else or you're not everybody, but you may use it as a platform to now make other people wrong when they show up that way. It's like, oh, you're that way. Oh, I used to be that way. Now you should be this way. Right. Like that's the new, the new thing. And look, any, any experience that we're having, any experience at all that we are having, the moment we say this is good, this is bad you are no longer dealing with reality. Now you are, you've created some kind of judgment and that judgment is tied to a whole bunch of stories. Most of them are with your past that have no linearity in reality whatsoever. And you're trying to figure it out now. And then you get yourself back into this a rigmarole of, of working through things in the world of doing. So I noticed this because I had a situation last week and this is, this is something that's come up for me a lot in my life. And the reason it kind of hit me hard is I started getting upset about um, a certain communication that happened last week and mostly around the, like the, the, I kind of asked this question without really knowing that it created an attachment for me. Like I asked this question, I, I sent this person a acknowledgement, right? Like I sent them this really beautiful acknowledgement or something they did. They wrote me back this like big long thing. We hadn't talked in quite a while. And after they wrote all that, I kind of went to the gym and I was feeling a little sad and I realized that I was sad because the person hadn't asked me about me. Like they gave me all this oh, stuff. Oh, interesting. And, and it brought up like stuff around about them, about them being selfish and not really caring about me and all this kind of stuff. So I'm like looking at this thing and I had really written back a message thinking I wasn't making them wrong, kind of knowing I was making them wrong at the same time. Like, hey, I'm really happy for you. And it's kind of interesting that you didn't ask anything about me. And that didn't make me feel better either. You, you actually sent that to them. I did send that to them. Interesting. You know, just cause I was like, uh, hi, we haven't talked in forever. Like, are you not interested about anything going on in my life? Um, and it was funny cause I really did send the acknowledgement with like zero attachment. But then when that happened, that response happened, suddenly I had an attachment. How crazy. And, <laughs> That's and, awesome. And 
And the funny thing is, is that like, you know, I had a judgment like that. They're not responding the way that I think that they should. Okay. Response bad. There's a judgment right into an automated pattern where I'm telling you, like, I swear to you, I sent that message just to be like, great job. I'm so proud of you. That was it. Right. But then the response happened. So we get, um, this happens and I kind of like go from like sadness to kind of anger to basically being like, well, if that's the way it's going to be like, fuck this relationship basically. Right. And that keeps making me sad too. So I end up getting on the call with one of our, um, Ascension coaches. And when I'm coaching this person, the funny thing is, and this is what happens so often is whatever it is you're, you're going through your coaches, the people, your, your customers, your clients going through the same exact thing as you. And he starts sharing with me how he gets really, cause like my upset is that she didn't res- like the person didn't respond back fast enough to me, didn't respond the way that I thought that they could have all these different things. And he goes, I'm upset at myself because I don't get back to people fast enough. So he's on the opposite side of the very same story that I have the other side on. Because my, my thing is, like, I always get back to people really quickly. Now, my righteousness around that is that that's a high integrity thing to do. That's workable, right? To get and back while, in touch with people? Yeah, like quickly. Okay. And while he's talking, and, I, and while I can't say I do that 100% of the time, like for me, it's like something that's important to me. And as he's talking, I realize that it's not integrity that's making that choice to get back to people quickly, although that could be part of it. Part of it is shame. I literally shame myself into doing it fast. Like if I don't get back to them, then X, Y, Z, right? Like they need an answer quickly. I like, I actually get anxiety about not getting people, uh, getting back to people quickly. Yep. Um, it doesn't mean I see all my messages, but like when I see a message, like I actually, the, like the countdown has begun. <laughs> like yeah. I must, I must, I must get back to you. And I realized that that's not a choice for me. That actually comes from a judgment, like a negative judgment. Like if I don't answer them back, then X, Y, Z is going to happen, which is not very in flow. So I kind of get that while this is all happening, like this is something I shame within myself. Like, Hey, you better get back to people quickly. Yep. Right. Which and is, I, which is ironically, well, not even that, but like the whole where it's spun into like people aren't selfish and inconsiderate and all that stuff has been one of your old stories for a long, long time. 100%. So here, here's why it kind of hit me really hard. And then I'll tell you what, like the switch was, I started looking at like our relationship with our grandparents, like, uh, that on that side. Yeah. And, um, even like my former farmer and how I've like distanced myself from these people. And for the same reason, because like I have this reciprocity thing where it's like, Hey, if I'm going to call you, it'd be nice if you like once in a while, ask about me, call me. Mm. And if you don't, then it's like, is this really a relationship that I want to continue? Now, if I say, no, it isn't, then what I'm saying is, Hey, I'm not fully responsible for this relationship. It's 50, 50. And if you don't call it back, that means the relationship is not sacred to me the way it used to be versus me standing in, Hey, I get to be responsible. If I want to call people and that makes me feel good. Great. If that is not on your priority list, great. All right. Like that's fine. And I get to choose into that relationship or not. However, I haven't been choosing in. I've been like, Hey, show me so that I know that I want to continue. And I see not just recently this year, but like throughout my life, how I've actually lost relationships for this reason killed off relationships for this reason or distanced myself for this, for, for this reason. And when I sat back and I looked at that, I was actually like, Hey, is that what I'm actually committed to in my relationships? And the answer was like, no, like I'm committed to connection. I'm committed to sharing love and whatever that looks like. Right. So what I got at the end of all this, and this brings it back to my Debbie Ford book recommendation is that I was shaming this person 
right? That didn't respond to me the way that I thought that they should. But where the shame is really coming from is where I'm not allowed to do that inside of my own experience because I would shame myself. So like if I had completed like that, it's fine. I call back whenever the hell I feel like it, you know, right? Because that's the right time for me to get back to you. And that's my context. Then if somebody else is doing that, I'm not going to shame them. And that's kind of what I want to point to is that the things we have incomplete about ourselves, the things that we shame, that we, that we're actually shameful of within ourselves, but we don't deal with, then we externalize onto other people and we shame them. Like if they get fix it, then everything will be fine. I don't have to do any fucking work. Yep. And that kind of hit me pretty hard last week. And I actually, um, after the coaching call, send them another message and say, Hey, um, they hadn't even responded to the, the one before I just said, Hey, well, they created a whole world for you. <laughs> they haven't right. even been going to the world, but anxiety and a million other fucking things. Okay. And I, and I'm like, Hey, look, I just wanted to take responsibility for that last comment. Cause legitimately I just sent you a message for no other reason except for technology. And I'm like, I basically looked down the future of a relationship and I already saw that I had killed you off like in time. That's, that's where we were going. And that happened a few months ago too, when I was dealing with some like heartbreak stuff and didn't feel supported. And so it's like, it, it comes up for me a lot as I'm sure it does for, for many, many people. And that's kind of what, kind of what I want to point to. And it's kind of why I brought up the like state change thing, because in that moment, like, of course I want to be like, fuck the story. Let's change the state. Except like my little boy is hurt, right? Like I'm going through some emotional stuff and what I really wanted to do and this was the other upset is that my schedule wasn't allowing was for me to like sit down and just like feel through some of the upset that was going on for me at that time. And it kind of brought me to this place of like, okay, so what does it look like when we're not obsessed with state change? Cause the only way that I can see us getting to like freedom and peace and all of it is by accepting all of it. Right. It's not good to call back somebody quickly and it's not bad to call them back slowly. There are things sure that we can say, Hey, it works better when you do it this way than that way and, and find evidence for it. But in like a, in the spiritual sense, it's like, if I could accept all of it, I would just have peace, you know, and I would have the experience of love and connection with this person, which is what I'm destroying when I'm starting to shame them, which is really shaming myself. So yeah. I kind of wanted to, I know that's a long way of opening up the conversation. No, I love that. And here's what I would even offer you. It's so funny because literally I think I started – was it last week that I started and you came late? Or was that – I don't remember when it was. Uh, Last week or a few weeks ago. Yeah, but whatever. Like that that call that I started on my own was pretty much me having this exact discussion. Oh, yeah? Yeah. (laughs) It was just really funny because like I had been doing that whole work through the I'm a loser aspect. And – Here's where I think both of us have kind of gotten to. We've done a lot of work, obviously, on ourselves, and we have a lot of tools that allow us to recontextualize our perceptions in a very, like, in an instant where it's like, this doesn't serve me, this serves me, this is what I choose, blah, blah, blah. And you like bypass the event or the circumstance so quickly. That it's just like, it's not here anymore. Sure. And so I've kind of, what I've seen and I like, as I'm unpacking this whole I'm a loser thing, what I've started to realize, like, look, you and I, the stuff that's small, like the day-to-day stuff that, you know, like 
someone will stub their toe or someone will say something or they'll cut them off on the highway. And that, that, that's it. That might, that's a gone day. That might be like a gone week for most, you know, like people that don't do this work. It's like the smallest little thing. Like my wife did this or didn't do this. My, this is that my boss. And it's like, they'll throw away days if mm-hmm. not weeks being right about that. Mm-hmm. We've, we've done so much of that work and like anything other than, feeling great and high vibe like you feel it instantly like the second you don't feel that great you're like mm, okay check in so what i've kind of noticed is like because we've done all of these like you know th- those those bigger things quote unquote they're like the no- annoyances or now these little things don't annoy you anymore it takes something really jarring it takes something really painful and and visceral where like the reaction is so out of context for how we operate in our lives nowadays mm-hmm. that when that reaction happens, we can't help but take notice. We can't help but go deeper into it because it's not something that we like can just bypass and go through. Like the, the I'm sure for you, like the emotional charge afterwards, you're like, where is that even coming from? Like, yeah. It's so not like me to have this kind of reaction. And I almost like feel like at this point, it's these kind of events that it is that mirror for us where we already have the vision to go, okay, this is clearly here to teach me something. This has nothing to do with them. Like we get that conceptually. We get that the process that I feel like I've been going through. And it's interesting because like, a bunch of people in our coaching process, mom's going through, you're, you're like, it's just kind of like in our space. Um, is this in going from, from concept to feeling it where you got the other person's experience, where you allowed yourself to feel the pain and gain empathy and what I started calling like loose wires. Like you, you really start to notice that loose wire inside of you and how like every time someone goes like this to it, it's like, there's like this whole emotional charge. The thing is, I think we're aligning to something so new and different in our lives that it's these little things that we are now getting to see that have always been a part of us. Always, you know, like this story, I mean, I can remember this like 20 years ago. I was going to say like, I can, I can tell you stories about this story, right? So it's definitely been a part of us. I just think it's really interesting right now that it almost feels like the vibration is increasing to allow us to see this stuff, like this really, really core old program stuff. And like when you touch a a loose wire on one of these core programs, it literally shakes you to your core. Like you were like debilitated in like a really weird way. And I've – just in, even in the past, like two, three weeks going through this, like I've really, and I truly say this, not as in like a theory that I've read in the book, like I'm truly loving those super jarring experiences <laughs> now. Cause I'm like, wow, wow. I, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. Like I didn't realize how much this core thing was running my life. Sure. And so one of the things that I want to offer here, and I don't know if it's repetitive because I don't know where, where we say these things anymore, but <laughs> where I'm really playing with it. And this is like a, a place where I was not playing with this before is 
there's nothing to fix and there's nothing to work on. Like, it's not a fix thing. It's not like, a, oh, I have this and it's jarring, blah, 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 like I have to fix this. No, it, it, it's part of you. Yep. And the beauty of this part of you is it makes you, for example, for you, like it makes you hyper considerate in most cases with people, right? It makes you empathetic to people in a whole different way. It makes you create your life around integrity and workability because of the annoyance that was created, God knows, when you were probably like five or six years old, right? Mm -hmm. Like with it, there's all this beauty and gold and all of it. And now I find like that I'm a loser is, is the, the guide for all of these amazing breakthroughs that I get to have in my life. It's literally like the bell that every time I have that like jarring feeling in my body, I'm like, Oh, this is going to be so good. <laughs> Even though immediately I'm like, Oh yeah. but now it's like, I'm associating that feeling of like resistance and tensing and going like, Oh, I want to fight this to go like, Oh yes, let this in. This is going to be great. And I think that's great. Right. If you, if you start reprogramming, um, like confusion and frustration as things to get excited about because you know what's on the opposite side of it is like all these breakthroughs and learning and experiences that you're really looking for. It's like you get to embrace it, right? Like I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm angry. This is so terrible. It was, what's interesting now, it's like watching a slow moving train, you know, because I wasn't, it's so often that we're not actually clear what is upsetting us. It took me a little bit to get to, okay, what's the actual upset here right now? Because I'm like, I, there was no action I took or something that was taken against me that had me clear be about action. But I'm like, I'm sad, but here's the beauty. Cause when you're, when you start getting in tune like this with sensations in the body, you're starting noticing at the sensational level. Like I think in before I probably would have caught it like after the upset already happened, I would have put something into motion. I would have gotten upset about it and been like, dealing with the story but it's like i there was an upset before the story even started there was some kind of automated pattern that started kicking itself off and i was like kind of like watching this pattern i'm like oh i'm sad now i'm kind of angry and then i was like watching my thoughts unravel but what's really beautiful about it is it's giving me this awareness and that's something i've noticed myself doing over the year quite a bit this year where i'm like i look down the future of the actions and I see the result that it's going to create. It's like looking down your future timeline and being like, I've done this so many times. Of course, I know where this is going. This is going in loss of a relationship or distance in a relationship. And then you have to ask yourself, okay, fine. There's nothing wrong with that. The question really is, am I committed to that? Yeah. Is that what I choose? Is that really what I choose? Or am I even choosing? Right. Cause like free will is this whole thing. Sometimes I think, yeah, sometimes I think we don't really have it. Forget free will though. Just like, am I choosing? You know, like if I lost that relationship, was that my choice that I lost a relationship or was it because I responded to something in my environment that I wasn't putting awareness on? And the thing is like, no, I'm not committed to that. I'm never committed to a loss of relationship. I'm committed to closeness and love and authenticity and sharing. And I'm like, okay, well, is that going to be a match? And I'm like, nope. So I think the deeper work though, and this is what's, what's great about what you said is like, we're, we're, I think we've gotten to that point where I'm clear that no matter what I'm upset about, no one could possibly be creating that upset. And this has been like a varying degrees of that, you know, for, for well over a decade now. It's just like, you know, these days it's funny because the, the, the new understandings I get, they're not conscious. Like there's, there's not like a new understanding in my mind because this understanding has been in my mind for almost 15 years. Yeah. But something like a, this triggered an event where I felt something deeply 
like, like a, like a pain that I was willing to be with. Like it caused pain to me, but not like a, a, not like it victimized me. I was in pain over the fact that I could see how many relationships this has impacted and how much that's not consistent with what I'm really about. And that was the hurt. I was like, Ooh, and then I can't go. Well, obviously she's the one doing something or he's the one doing something. I'm like, no, I've seen this for 20 years that I've been doing it. I'm clear. It's me. It's just another catalyst right now. So it was that, that going in and saying, okay, well, what is the part that I'm shaming, blaming and guilting, which is really what's going on. And then, and same thing with like love, right? How often do we get it? This is that too, but it's like, I'm not getting love the way that I think that I should. Mm. Right. And it's like, no, they're they're Everyone's giving love the only way they know how. But if I like work on my love and I'm like, well, my love was here, then I became here, then I went here. And now I'm going to judge all these other levels of love or the ones even above me and going, none of that is right. You're supposed to show love the way that I do. And this is what I went through during like heartbreak. I was experiencing like, I'm not getting love the way that I think that I should. And you were the one that said to me, it's like, Hey, look, man, if, if every person that you're going to judge is going to be judged on how you give love, that's not how people give love. You're going to be an upset all the time. And I was, and this is just another another wrinkle of that, which is like, you know, and, and we all do this. Like you, same thing with, uh, you know, this person's not driving fast enough or they're really stupid or slow or it's all the same shit, but it's because you don't give yourself the right to be stupid or slow or any of those things. And then it's like, you take that shame that you have inside that you're not dealing with, you transpose it on other people and you shame them. Yep. And it's like, when the world gets it, then I'll be just fine. But then you're always at the effect of the upset. Instead of going inside, feeling what you got to feel about no longer shaming that part of yourself and accepting it. And that's where the freedom comes from because then those people get to show up however they want and they're all choosing their perfect experience, which is really what they're all doing. Just choosing their perfect experience. So, and that's where this question for me came of like, why are we so obsessed with state change? Because real quick, because the state change becomes the judgment. Oh, this is good. I, I changed. This feels great. The moment you've said the state chain is good, you have set in motion upset, eventual upset. I'm now attached to the fact that it feels good. Yeah. <laughs> There's going to be something that comes along that's going to take that away from me. I'm going to get upset. So for me, it's like, if we're going to state change, cool. And let's do it mindfully, not to vilify however it was we were before. It's like learn that there's got to be a level of like the the transformation comes from the acceptance of how it was before, which gives you access to shifting it because now you have a choice instead of always having to be in action based on something happening. And now I I react to it. This sounds like a really simple distinction of a word, but instead of state change, it's like a state awareness more than a state change. That's brilliant. Yes. Because it truly is like... Even kind of what I said before, like before when I would feel resistance and I would get upset or angry. And by the way, I'm not saying that I don't do this. Like I cle- I'm, I'm a fucking human being. Like till, till the day I die, there will be things that upset me and I, and I have resistance to. And by the way, resistance is not necessarily like upset or frustration. How many times have you like been around someone? You're like, I don't want to be around this person. And you're not necessarily frustrated or angry. You're just like, ah, energy is like, hmm. Every time, imagine if you lived in, in a body and with a conscious awareness that every time you felt resistance, you'd get excited mm. and you'd go opportunity to learn opportunity to grow. Why am I so resistant to this conversation or this person or this circumstance? Ooh, let me see. 
oh, is it because I too am exactly that way? You know, like if, if I, it's so funny, I go to these conferences and right, you go to a conference, there's 200 people, you're going to fucking judge people. Like, I don't care how good of a human being you are, like whether you are consciously doing it or not, there is a machine in there that is constantly doing its thing. And it's like sizing people up and at least mine, mine sizes people up and like, how is this? Is, do I, is they, are they worth talking to? Is it right? And like, and, and what was so brilliant and funny for me was I was, I like, I went in there and I started hearing it. I was like, you know what, buddy? Go nuts. I'm going to turn you up to 11. Yep. Hit me with it. And it's fat. You know, like, I think just by doing that, like giving it free reign, I, I I was like the observer of it. And I was just, half the time I was just laughing. I was like, wow, that that's creative. And I just, (laughs) it it really was. It was like (laughs) some of the things I was like, wow. And I just notice that the, this little voice, little child inside is, is it's a self-preservation mechanism for it to feel okay. Yeah. So like just to, to map it on me and you guys map it on, on yourself, like, you know, whether you're, I'm stupid or I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy or I'm not lovable. Mine is a loser, right? Like I'm a loser. So you can imagine to this little five-year-old who thinks that he's a loser that when he sees someone and he perceives that someone to be more successful or farther ahead or doing better or dressed better or fit at a level of fit or not fit, like it basically goes something like this. And this is like the judgments that I've noticed. It was really funny. It's like, oh, they're okay. You're better than them. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, this is how they're better than you. Right? Like, look at them. They dress better. Oh my God. They have a more expensive watch. They have, right? Like that. Or if someone's like fit, but not like six pack abs fit, it's like, yeah, well, they don't have six pack abs. Right? Right? Like, and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, wow, wow. Bet you crazy. (laughs) It's just, it was fascinating. (laughs) Yeah. It was fascinating. Cool. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I think now it's funny because this this really simplifies work. Because, and we talk about this a lot, it's it's funny, again, like, my understanding hasn't changed. My mental capacity hasn't changed. Like, my, something here keeps changing. And that's why I tuned into, like, there's just a feeling in my body that suddenly shifted. The, the language came after, like, my curiosity and the state change thing. I've been talking about that a lot this weekend with my friends, even. I'm like, what does it look like when we're not obsessed with state change? Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, part part of it has been... Honestly, for me, like the last six months of taking any form of substances, and I mean like smoking pot, taking mushrooms, drinking, smoking cigarettes, any of it, and I completely stopped smoking cigarettes. Um, I, I like off and on, like I've quit for like five years, then picked them up again. I won't get into the whole thing, but like I, I, I like quit, quit. Like I actually know I quit cigarettes for the first time, right? Like the way you know you're never going to go back to a relationship. Like I did that with cigarettes after 17 years of like kind of wrestling with them on and off. And partially what shifted that was this idea of just like, I'm not here to be a, um, a ex-smoker, a non-smoker. And that's now kind of weaving itself into my other areas of life. Kind of like that book, uh, Art of Learning with Josh. Yeah. Where it's like he weaves like chess mastery into what he did with, um, it wasn't kickboxing. Um, it's called slap hands. Tai Chi. Tai Chi, thank you. Right. And how like the mastery just transcends everywhere. So, you know, like I've always use substance to 
um, teach myself. I can't say always, but many, many times I've used it to teach myself, to elevate my experiences and to break free of constrained thoughts and experiences, right? And I can make an argument towards that, like I'm sure anybody could at some degree, that I abuse substance, even if it's just alcohol or something else. And what I notice is, is like, I've really keyed in the last six months because every time I take something, the feedback I get from substance is not what I used to get. I'm actually having not great experiences on them. Okay. So and you're tuned into it though. And I'm tuned into it. It's like, I used to do it to like get out of my anxiety and they've been uh, magnifying them and making it worse and actually putting me into uh, states of like, this isn't even mine anymore. Like I've completed this and now it's like, it's like exacerbating experiences Anyway, the point is, is that like what I notice is I reach for something. We could do this with food, we do this with alcohol when I have anxiety. There's anxiety in my body and I'm, and instead of having a commitment of feeling through and not shaming the anxiety, we go and grab something to state change to bypass the anxiety. And then it comes up again later. So that's kind of what like has come into my view. And, And again, it's that question am I committed to bypassing feeling through something that's been wanting to felt be felt through for 30 years by reaching for that piece of food or that snack or that cigarette, you know, or that drink of wine that we've all said, Oh, well, it's good to drink a wine. It de-stresses you. What you're really saying is I have anxiety. I don't want to deal with. Mm. And it, and it has, it has shifted something for me because it's like, is that what I'm committed to? Not anymore. My practice is feel it through. Right before it's like what you're really saying by grabbing a substance is I'm going to change the way my mind is working so I don't get to think it through. And some substances definitely help you with feeling stuff through. I'm not saying the substances are evil. I think they're amazing, amazing tools. And you got to listen to your body. Suddenly, I'm getting feedback from my body. It's like, dude, no more. At least not the way you've been doing it. Right? I like to work, and, and I'm getting way more conscious about how I'm going to choose to do stuff going forward. Uh, even with parties, like I, I. Like, you know, I get anxiety thinking about being at a party without something in my hand, whether it's a drink or taking some kind of substance at a party. And I think, to, and, so, and I have to ask myself, I'm like, what would it be like to be sober at a party? The answer to that is, I don't fucking know. Because <laughs> I don't know that I've ever done that. Like in some big social gathering, just be like, you know what? Nothing. I'm going to be dead sober here. So I, I just did that. I have to tell you, it's like a really fascinating experiment. When we came back from Colombia last time, uh, I didn't drink for a while. And like, I went to Leon's birthday party. I DJed at the party. It was my best friend's birthday. And I, my body was like, no, don't drink. And I spent the entire evening not drinking with all of our friends at this like, you know, event that like, at ev- I've never done that event any other way. All of our friends still doing it that same exact way. And I have to tell you, I had a blast. Yeah. I'm starting to think that would be the case for me too. Cause I actually notice how doing that actually a lot of time exacerbates like alcohol numbs you. Right. And makes you just fucking do whatever. If you do it excessively, everything else though, to some degree creates anxiety for me and kind of makes me feel like, Oh, I don't even smoking pot, you know, will make me be like uh, a little paranoid. It's like, why would I want to be in public going through that experience? I think part of what made that in the past. Okay. For me was that like that masochist, type of, I'm just testing myself. We'll get through this type of mentality. And that mentality has really kind of died off for me now. 
yep. in every area of my life. I just see how I was operating that way. Suddenly I'm like, I don't want to have to survive this or test myself as I go through this. I'm like, I could just be here and I really am enjoying my state as it is. Right. Interesting experience too. Like, you know, this weekend I, I, I drank a little bit, but not, not anywhere near excess. And, um, like I had a conversation with mom and dad like on Sunday night, which usually I don't want to have a conversation Sunday night. I'm like unwinding, da da da, And I do it again, like out of some kind of commitment. Like I want to connect with my parents. And during the week we work so much, I, I don't usually have time to, or a very minimal amount of time. And, and usually by Sunday night, I'm like, you know, so I kind of get on the phone and there's like a little bit of stress, like, all right, let's get through this. Even though I want to connect with mom and dad. And we talked like yesterday at like 6 PM, which is pretty late for them. And in my like, you know, period of wind down. And I, I had none of that going on. And I realized, cause like I hadn't been fucking with my chemistry all weekend yep. that, that I was just good, you know, and I was just enjoying it. And it was this really like kind of lovely thing of like, Oh, this is, this is what I've been missing. This is what's available when I'm not fucking with my body all the time. Yep. And then forcing it into like these weird chemical emotional states that it's just mostly are there because I am fucking with it all the time. So it's, it, it is coming into my view that, I'm happy. I'm good with my energy and all the other things. And if I'm going to do that, it's not going to be because again, like I'm out in public and that's just, everyone's fucking doing it. And, and I, again, I'm not saying that that's perfect. Like I've been saying this for months by the way, and it hasn't come to pass. Although something shifted like this last few weeks where I'm like, yeah, like I've, I've gotten it. Thank you. You know, like message received, like I'm fucking done. This is just not enjoyable. Um, so it's interesting. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think most of us want to call ourselves substance abusers. At the same time, three quarters of American are on one prescription pill a day. Half of America uh, are on two prescription pills a day. No, no. Three quarters are on one a day. Half of America are on two a day. You know, like everyone's abusing something, coffee, whatever, like make it through the day with something. And, and that has been definitely my modus operandi in a lot of different ways, including nootropics. I think everything has its, its place. Hey, I just wanted to pause here for a second and tell you about something that I realize many of you have no idea about. So Guy and I have just released a brand new advanced training. So after hundreds of emails and questions constantly asking us, well, how do I have it all? How do I have it all? We've created the five pillars to having it all. So if any of the things we share with you here on the podcast have resonated with you, then I'd like to invite you personally to an all new training. Now you can register for the next live class by heading to www.satoriprime.com forward slash register. There you'll be able to register for the next live class or if you're one of these people that I need it now, you can always just watch the latest replay on that page as well. This by the way, my friends, is a robust in-depth training that will help you clearly see what's currently stopping you in any area of your life, be it your health, your relationships, your finances, or simply just maybe you want to manifest that big dream. It will help you with all of that. So again, go check it out by going to www.satoriprime.com forward slash register. And now back to the podcast. I've been throwing things into my body without a lot of thought for what's happening. And, and I kind of feel like that's it is shifting or has shifted. Yeah. Uh, I had the complete opposite where like we went to celebrate our anniversary and we had to wake up early for the event. So like on, on night one, I don't know, had like a couple of glasses of wine or something, but, uh, the second night 
we went out to dinner and at that point like i knew we didn't have to wake up early on sunday so we're like oh fuck it we'll have like a nice dinner did some wine tasting and then uh got back to the hotel and, and Mick was like, Hey, come back to the room. Like we're hanging out. So we got back to the room and like, next thing you know, he's like making me a mixed drink and then someone else like here, try this whiskey and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I wake up the next day and I, I honestly, like, I don't remember the last time I woke up like hungover. And I was like, wow, this fucking sucks. Uh-huh. And like the whole day it was like, it just reminded me like typical Sunday, you know, <laughs> like typical Sunday, you go out to brunch, you have to like drink a Bloody Mary to just like get yourself sorted back up again. And I was just dragging throughout the entire day. And I was like, wow, I really don't miss this. And yeah, I, I think you just, this is kind of what we, we started with the whole conversation about uh, frequency aligning and like tuning into and going from conceptual, like this is not rocket science, you know, like alcohol dulls you in every way, shape or form. Like that is not rocket science feeling it though. And experientially starting to go through that experience and then realigning and reprogramming so that your new program, like I think our program is like, I want to feel good. I want to feel present. I want to feel inspired. I want to feel energized. I want like for me, clarity and energy are like from a feeling standpoint, the highest level. Like if I feel energy and I feel clarity, I'm like, I'm great. And so I think I've been just calling and asking for more of clarity and energy. Right. And then anything that is not that obviously shows up very differently, you know, like stains on a dirty rug, eh, white, pristine rug, any fucking dust particle you're going to start to see. And I, I've kind of been, been playing with that. And I just want to add this thing. Cause this is where we kind of started. Like, it's not like that other thing is wrong. I love wine. I love good cocktails. I, I love all of it. Like I really do. I, I just think like the creativity and the the artistry of making a craft beer or a good wine or a good cock like that's magic to me that's divine like it is here for a reason you know so like I have nothing about it I really really love it and enjoy it and it's in a whole different way like like there's an appreciation and a presence when I'm doing it that wasn't there previously and I think because of it. It's not for any reason other than like, I want to sample that really good bottle of wine and I don't have to drink six glasses to sample it. Sure. (laughs) Fanny and I, we started like, if we get a wine tasting, we'll actually split a glass. Yeah, same. And I'm like, A, I get to try more stuff, which is really my intention, right? Like I want to experience more stuff. That's the truth. And so I get to experience more and have less of the, the impact of it. I just think it's really important, like, you don't go into this vilifying, like, this new way is good, that way is bad, because again, this, whatever got you here is amazing. It fucking got you here, (laughs) right? Like, honor that and love that and be thankful and grateful for that. There's so much duality and there's, like, such a balancing act between all of it. I just have to agree with Guy, like, if you vilify something... Or you make something great, like this is amazing. 
and by doing so, anything else is not amazing. You're setting yourself up for unhappiness, basically, because to manufacture or have reality show up that amazing way all the time. I, I don't know. I mean, I haven't been able to do that. So let's just say that. And like, and I know that when it doesn't show up that way, it's going to lead you to an upset. And then whatever your core programs are, are going to take over to try to soothe you and make you feel better. So like in case mine's a loser, right? It's going to make everyone else dumb and everyone else stupid and me great. I'm, it's going to shit on everybody or everything, right? It's going to do its, its program thing. Guys, you know, like his program is like, fuck them. They're disrespectful. They don't honor me. They're not blah, blah, blah. And his thing spins out. So, hey, look, I mean, these these things drove me to, I mean, a, a lifetime of like anger and annoyance and all these other things that, you know, were really my way of, of dealing and operating with everything. And these are all the little tweaks like, you know, what do, what do I get to accept about myself so that I get to accept about all of humanity? Right. And, and that those things don't cause me annoyance. Like, I. <laughs> I've, I've made more ground and more shifts this year in my emotional states and how I like emotionally respond to things than 14 years of doing consistent work. And, and it's little principles like these that, that seem so obvious, I guess. And at the same time are not just not well-practiced by people. Look for me again, I'm not, like, even going back to substances, I'm not vilifying substances. They've been extremely effective tools for me and expanding my mind and helping me with growth. I'm just you know, like, but it, it became uh, something I leaned on for such a long period of time that when I was like, ah, this doesn't feel good anymore, like leaning off of them, it, it takes something, right? Because it, it takes a level of awareness to be like, okay, well, why am I turning to them? Like, what, what is it that I perceive that I'm getting from these experiences that suddenly I seem to not be getting, right? So, you know, for, there might be a period in your life where that feels great and it's really, really helping you along. And then they're like, suddenly it's just really shifted for me. I'm clear that it's shifted though, not be- just because of my internal state, but also because of my relationship to this like state change, right? Well, I had a, a, I don't want to say positive or negative again. It's just different now. And I, I don't necessarily feel like I require those things to give me those same level of insight. Like, yeah. it, like even this insight going through that experience is something that like being on mushrooms in the past might've given me an opening for and given me that breakthrough and it's like, you know, suddenly I have enough awareness that it like push, you know, like, you know uh, removing the veil of reality is no longer necessary for, for that level of insight. So yeah. at least that's what's going on now. Awesome. I love the conversation. Yeah. So uh, state change versus state awareness, huh? Yeah. I think that's a really, really good distinction between the two. And, and I, I think that is powerful because you do look at Tony Robbins and even Wayne Dyer and a lot of this stuff. It's all been about state change and we're, we're, accidentally creating an experience for people of vilifying the way that they were. And you see this all the time when people take personal development courses, us included, you know, when we first got going with Landmark and being really righteous about those experiences and that people need to do it. And, you know, if you're not operating this way in an integrity that there's something wrong with other people. And it is where a lot of people go wrong with their transformation. They have these amazing experiences. Then they go home and no, and the people in their life who haven't signed up for these experiences start becoming their enemies. Yep. And, you know, or like the, and, and that's where your friends are like, you've been brainwashed because uh, look, to an extent, everything's a fucking brainwashing. Every state change is a new brainwash. And it's like, you know, look, you get to go through your work and wherever it is that there's an upset, you get to just 
go inside and say, all right, like this is the part of myself I haven't accepted yet. And, and if you're wondering like, how do I accept that? Um, I'm offering you that it's really, there's a, a sensation. By the time you called it an emotion, you've already made a judgment of the sensation. Yep. The, the only reality truth I know is that there are sensations occurring in what we're calling the body. Everything after that, like I feel this, so it's anxiety and this is sadness. Those are all just judgments about the sensation in the body, which already means you're dealing with unreality. So it's like there's something going on in your body, some energy that's there that's present that is asking you for awareness because it doesn't feel safe right now, or at least what we're calling safe. And if you are willing to sit and be with, and don't, you know, if you're asking me like, well, what, how much time should I sit with it? You're missing the point because you're trying to turn this into a formula. Yep. When there's been 30 years of feedback on something that you've given your body over and over again through a sensational emotional experience, I don't know how long it takes to sit to go through that entire experience, but five minutes of meditation going, all right, I'll be with you for five minutes is probably not going to fucking do it. Okay. <laughs> you know, it might, if you're really, if you're really aware, it might. And it's like, look, it's going to take however long it takes. The thing is that, you know, every time it pops up is another opportunity for you to sit with it. And then it might pass. And then another variation of it might pop up again. And it's the more that willingness to sit with, feel through, instead of having to figure it all out the way that you've probably done your entire life. Notice how that doesn't lead to much or anything really is I'm telling you for me, the gateway to healing these things so that they stop becoming a problem inside of your experience. Yeah. Brilliantly said. Awesome. All right, everyone. Love you very much. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. So one last reminder before we wrap up here today, if you haven't already grabbed the app that all of your fellow Satorians are going gaga over, then I would recommend to do it right now. Well, I guess if you're driving, maybe not just this second, but when you get a chance, go to your iTunes or Google Play Store, search for Satori Prime and download it today. You'll get access, like I said earlier, to an amazing and life-changing 10-part mini-series. And if you want to know the clear steps to create the have-it-all life for yourself, this app is an absolute must. Like I said, and you can hear in my voice, we are incredibly excited to share it with you and be with you inside of our community. So we'll see you there. So that's it, my friends. That's today's episode. I just want to thank you for being part of our Have It All family and truly, truly thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help or give back in any way possible, the best way would be to share this or any other episode that you loved with your family, friends, or colleagues. And if you'd be so great as to just leave us a rating and a comment on either iTunes or Stitcher, whichever you use, that helps us tremendously. It only takes about two to three minutes of your time and would mean the world to us. Finally, I want to let you know that if you want to get even more exclusive content from Guy and I, just head over to satoriprime.com and make sure you join our mailing list. Now, I know what you might be thinking, God, not another mailing list, but I promise you, you'll only get an email or two from us per week and it will always have amazing videos and articles that I'm sure you're going to love. Promise. So until next time, you can join our ongoing conversation at the Have It All Facebook group where you can let us know how we're doing and what we can do to improve. Love you all and we'll see you on the next Have It All podcast. Have an amazing, amazing day, my friends. Bye.